turn my tide Keep lurching on the sidelines Searching for the guidelines Twitching on the byways Hitching on the highways Of life Welcome to session 10 of the Neurotic Vaccine. I'm clinical and forensic psychologist, Dr. Scott Kapoyan. With over 25 years of helping my patients expand upon optimism and creative problem solving, I'm privileged to also help them understand how every day can be a precious gift. What I aspire to accomplish for you, our listeners, and also my patient, former Seinfeld writer and author Andy Cowan, through his ongoing move away from neurosis. I hate moving. I already told you that three sessions ago. Well, if you don't like the word moving, if it connotes some negative part of your life, uh-huh. how about something else? How about you come up with the word? You want me to do your work now? No, I am doing... <laughs> no, Andy, we're a team, remember? So I guess we're both stuck. <laughs> you aspire to help us understand how every day can be a precious gift. Sure. Aspiring is a lot different than accomplishing. I, I do my part. You do your part. All right. Mm-hmm. I think since our last session, I had a mini epiphany. Oh, tell me about that. I posted an eBay ad to try to sell pristine old Disney VHS tapes, including the original animated Little Mermaid with a recalled phallic image. Did you ever hear about that? I did not. Part of the castle on the cover looks like a penis. Hmm. It's all over the internet. Rumor had it some disgruntled artist drew it uh, who was about to be fired, but it turned out it was just a rush job. Yeah, rush for Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) Does a penis recall make DeSantis happier with Disney or stoke his war on woke? Uh. Anyway, new condition. These were all VHS tapes I bought in the early 90s. The older ones like Fantasia and Pinocchio to recapture the excitement of my childhood when I first saw them. Okay. And the newer ones, like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, throwbacks to the earlier classic animated films of my childhood. So I was excited back then, or at least interested enough back then, to fork over money for all of these, to watch and to hold on to. And now, I can't fathom having enough interest that would have made me want to buy this stuff. Stuff I wound up watching once and putting away. So where did that exuberance go, Dr. K? And what does all that have to say about my current mental state? From joie de vivre to blach de vivre. (laughs) Well, I'm impressed. I don't think I've ever heard you talk about excitement in childhood. So there's something in your DNA and your childhood experiences that relates to joy, excitement, pleasure. I think we just got to access that and integrate that into your adult life. And it sounds like you were trying to do that by... This posting on eBay, I could sense the exuberance in your mood as you're speaking right now. I'm exuberant from hoping I can sell the band cover for big bucks. (laughs) I mean, I'll tell you, when I was really exuberant, when I first moved to L.A., I had to visit Disneyland. That was on my bucket list. You know what's on my bucket list now? Hoping I don't kick it. (laughs) So the last time I visited Disneyland was 78, pre-Captain EO. Yesterday land. Do you remember what it was like in 78 when you visited? Well, I do remember being impressed. I mean, everything was so clean. I love the uh, Lincoln automaton. Less fake than 45 who compared himself to Lincoln. (laughs) I must not want to find out even the happiest place on earth wouldn't make me happy. Well, is that a hypothesis worth testing? Since you're expressing interest in recapturing exuberance, 
would you be willing to go back to Disneyland? If you need some help, I could even do a therapeutic visit with you. Uh, standing in endless lines to drone on about my childhood while a guy in a Mickey Mouse suit is thinking, at least I'm not him. <laughs> I'll, I'll feel exuberant. When it's time to leave. I think the issue here is it's important to be comfortable with uncertainty. Just as there was no guarantee that your relationship was going to work out and be successful, there's no guarantee any new venture that you try, whether it's going to Disneyland, whether it's you start talking to strangers in a coffee shop. But there is a guarantee that you will never have excitements and exuberance if you just stay inside your head. And inside yeah, your head. yeah, yeah. You, you're, you're always harping on meeting strangers in coffee shops. Do you own stock in Starbucks? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't, but uh, it's, it's not a bad idea. Thanks for the tip. So now am I hitting a coffee shop will enrich your portfolio along with my life? <laughs> that seems shady. Uh, this is our, what, 10th therapy session, Andy? Yeah. And we keep going over the same issues, which is fine. You because... keep going over the same issues. <laughs> well, you keep hey. saying, can't guarantee anything, but if you don't try, I mean, I might as well just put a ring at the back of your neck and pull it. Yeah, or feed it into your <laughs> chat GPT. <laughs> You mean clone it through play.ht, like last session? Can't guarantee anything. But if you don't try, <laughs> Jesus, I'm less artificial than this garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to introduce an idea to you, and I, I do this periodically with real clients in my real practice, is to have them assess the effectiveness of the uh, therapy visits over a period of time, because we want to have some metric that it's working. So I'd like to ask you, Andy, uh, if you look at percentage achievement of your goals, where would you be on this imaginary scale from zero to 100%? How far have you come in nine therapy sessions so far? You mean before you inferred I'm a fake in this session by contrasting <laughs> me with your real clients? Sounds like zero to me. Let me assure you, Andy, I consider you as genuine as any of my clients. How come I have to come up with a metric that it's working? Uh, a surgeon knows when the defibrillator's working. <laughs> I don't think he'd ask, in the achievement of your goals to get your heart pumping again, how far have you come? <laughs> I can assess your improvement, but I am interested in your view of your improvement. Uh -huh. My view is one part. Your view is the crucial part. I think I do try harder to appreciate the positives in life, thanks to your therapy. Good. Good. There's something uh, fulfilling about not just blaming me for my lack of progress. <laughs> okay. That's not exactly... <laughs> no, but uh... Dr. K, I long for the zest in life I think I once had. And I try hard to recognize it when it happens. That's something, isn't it? Absolutely. Of course it is. I was watching 60 Minutes the other week. And I actually think I got kind of a hint of it. Hmm. By the way, ever notice how often 60 Minutes correspondents repeat what their subjects just said? They repeat what their subjects just <laughs> said. If they didn't, it'd be called 54 Minutes. <laughs> Unless Scott Pelley's doing a story. There is nothing close to the rising figures associated with inflation that happened post-pandemic, except, perhaps, for the numbers of seconds in between syllables <laughs> that are spoken by slow-talking <laughs> correspondents like yours truly, who make <laughs> 60 minutes seem like 60 hours. <laughs> like Anderson Cooper doesn't have enough work. Uh, 60 minutes, AC 360, 
The whole story with Anderson Cooper, that's another one. He hasn't given us the whole story by now. A writer's cramp from filling out occupation on his tax form. He should file that story. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry how I sounded there. Anderson Cooper seems like a good person. Dr. K, remember in session five when I worried about crossing over from annoyed to crotchety? I do remember that. You said I was on the spectrum of crotchetiness. Oh, good recall, Andy. <laughs> I did enjoy that turn of phrase. I mean, crotchetiness must be like puberty. I think there were telltale early signs. Remember when uh, Brian Williams hosted the 11th hour on MSNBC? Vaguely. You're more of a news person than I am. He used to always tell his guests, we can't thank you enough. And my inner voice yelled, yeah, Brian, saying thank you would be thanking him enough. <laughs> and I remember thinking, uh-oh, <laughs> that's crotchety. Listen, your self-recognition goes hand in hand with the first steps towards self-improvement. Well, I must be on that road because I do recognize my own crotchetiness. I mean, if getting in the slowest supermarket checkout line was a video game, I'd win every time. And I'm the only one in line who looks annoyed. That must be crotchety. Crotchety, impatient, having trouble with the moment. Yeah, like this moment. Hmm. <laughs> and what kind of trouble is that that you're having with this moment? The uh, speed with which you're arriving at a point is about as slow as the supermarket line that I uh, get in. You know what that's called, Andy? <laughs> what? Reflective listening. Oh, like when you say pretty bird to a parrot and the parrot says pretty bird back? <laughs> Let's put it this way, Andy. You're playing checkers. I'm playing chess. I guess that makes me your pawn. No, I want to. Yeah, no. Yes, I do. I, I think your tongue is playing ping pong. Very careful <laughs> to not respond right away. I want to take in not just the words of what you're saying, but the tone of what you're saying. I've got to understand you from a multi-perspective, not just one perspective. And I'll do my best to understand why you said multi instead of multi. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was crotchety. Again, good self-awareness. I don't like being crotchety, but anything can set me off. I want you to be radically honest. It does concern me, but I want to know, is that true? When the colon and write parenthetical in a word doc you're typing defaults into a smiley face, <laughs> I feel guilty I'm not smiling because I'm busy being annoyed or crotchety about having to take the time to retype in the colon and write parenthetical, which is my default. Not the smiley face. You still, have an, you still have an antipathy towards automatons or bots, don't you? There's nothing shallower, Dr. K, than the sound of a phone ring you know is a bot calling to verify the code your bank just sent you. I mean, I should treat them like friends because I never hear from them. Hmm. A ring used to mean so much, Dr. K. A friend or family member must be calling. Somebody who cares about me is calling. Yeah. Somebody with blood swimming through their veins is calling. A human telemarketer. I'll take anybody. So I take my frustration out on the bot. At the same time, I feel like an idiot for doing it. When I yell back at voice prompts, I sound crotchety. Well, if you're calling yourself crotchety, maybe your less than crotchety self more accurately represents you. Yeah, well, the bots make it challenging enough getting the representatives to represent me. You go through a million prompts... Uh, reaching my representative in Congress would take less time. Andy, this is the world we're living in right now. There's good things about it, and there's frustrating parts. Yeah. I think it's important to accept that and move on. I, I don't accept what you said. Moving on. <laughs> what kills me is calls are always recorded for quality control. So the humans who wind up hearing me yell at bots must think I'm nuts. 
or that I don't know they're bots. I see. And when I finally get through to a human who gives me a case number for an issue of uh, missing credit due back to my account that still doesn't wind up happening, I call back a week later with a case number, uh -huh. and they have no record of the call. So when the bots tell you calls are recorded for quality control, they're even more human than ever. They've learned how to lie. Andy, the bots are imperfect just like humans are. Inferior quality control. That they're controlling. It's, it's about how you handle, adapt to, live with an imperfect world. Actually, I think I have a perfect way to reduce the amount of bots. What's that, Andy? Program mail bots to commit one Me Too assault. <laughs> It'll destroy every mail bot's career and we'll never hear from them again. <laughs> to return to the previous menu, press one. To return to my hotel room, press two. <laughs> This is weird. I mean, when I hear how I sound when I'm yelling at a bot, I swear, I sometimes hear my father. Hmm. I, I don't know why. He didn't talk to bots. Well, maybe he was uh, on the crotchety spectrum himself. Maybe he thought of me as a robot when I was a stubborn teen. I, I don't know. Well, I guess, you know, part of the idea here, Andy, is that we all want to transcend and be unlike our parents in some way, yet we are like them in more ways than we give ourselves credit for because of the influence of genes and personality. I kind of get a kick when I hear my father in me, and, and I even see in more recent pictures my father more than I ever have. It's kind of cool in a way, you know, that he's still... He's still in your consciousness, still in your head. Not only that, uh, an aspect of him lives on. That sounds kind of exciting. It's kind of cool. Almost hopeful, Andy. Oh, let's not go that far. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, when you're talking like that, Andy, I'm thinking of almost giving you the first Dr. K badge of mental health. Are we inching beyond 0%? You mean in terms of my being helped by you? Yes. I would say so, except you've already uh, talked about issuing me a badge of mental health in an earlier <laughs> session. So the fact that you don't remember anything we discussed brings us smack dab back to zero. Well, don't dwell on that. I wouldn't want to make you more crotchety than you already are. Okay. I don't want to be crotchety, Dr. K. How do I tell the get-off-my-lawn guy in my own head to get off my lawn? Andy. Yeah? This self-awareness of yours is a healthy thing. I hope. This acknowledgement of where you are and where you once were. The open-mindedness you once had that allowed you to appreciate the simple pleasures all around us. Disneyland or the VHS tapes that reminded you of your childhood. Mm. I want you to go back to something you said earlier. What's that? That you had a hint of that when you were watching 60 Minutes? Oh, oh yeah. It, it was a story Anderson Cooper, of course, reported about the future of AI. And, and they showed these two robots, speaking of robots, who learned how to play soccer. They, they weren't just rolling back and forth. They had limbs. They bent down to their knees and pushed themselves up again. Mm. I mean, you see the digital equivalent of something like that in a movie, and your eyes glaze over. Yeah, big deal. But three-dimensional contraptions. Uh, there's a codger term. <laughs> Doing all those things. I, I couldn't stop smiling. Wow. Remember in session eight, I told you how rare smiling is for me? You did tell me that. Oh, good. Then you remember some of this. <laughs> I mean, smiling is just the first stage. I wish I could go beyond that and just let out. Utter joy. Woohoo! I heard that on a commercial. I don't remember what the product was. So if the ad campaign director's listening, nice job. <laughs> anyway, I'd kill for my own woohoo moment. I've never uttered woohoo in my life. Maybe it's time to look at the positives in your life and celebrate what you already have. Yeah. 
Come on. You you could be more enthusiastic than that. Uh, All right. All right. Woohoo. I don't have shingles. Not bad, Andy. Woohoo. I haven't seen any new termites since the exterminator shot my wall a year ago with poison. Hey, maybe, (laughs) maybe each session you can reach for another woohoo moment. Can't wait not to do that. Woohoo. You're getting better at that. Woohoo. Yeah, but that was crotchety still. No, it wasn't. It's a movement in the right direction. I think you're overplaying the crotchetiness. It's there. It's not pervasive. Hey, you got me to say (laughs) woohoo. I'll add that to my list of things to go woohoo about. (laughs) Well, at least I'm not as crotchety as the uh, guy I take my laundry to. He always pushes the dry cleaning over washing. The silk, dry clean. <laughs> Four bucks for dry cleaning, two bucks to wash. No wonder he's pushing the dry cleaning. Meanwhile, it was cotton. If he doesn't know cotton when he sees it, who does? How did you handle it? I don't know. I, I usually take his crotchetiness personally. Maybe he's picking up on my crotchetiness. I doubt that. Yeah, well, I wish he'd pick up on the message he wraps his hangers with. The paper wrappers over each hanger say a big thank you with a heart. I wish he gave me the heartfelt thank you and his hangers ignored me. <laughs> oh, and this gets me crotchety. At least my cleaner, does this happen to you? Buttons the buttons you don't need buttoning on a shirt and doesn't button the buttons you do. So I wind up buttoning what was needlessly unbuttoned, collar and sleeve buttons, and unbuttoning what was needlessly buttoned, the bottom buttons. I see that, Andy, because I go to dry cleaners and I don't get caught up in the minutia of things that I can't control. Well, why should they control it? They should be catering to us. And they should. Not just their laundry hangers. Or their store signs. Thanks for shopping with us. Come back soon. Next to the morose employees. They should make the signs less friendly than the employees. Shopping bags for your face. <laughs> At least then the people who work there would seem chipper by comparison. Maybe, maybe the employees are doing the best they can, just like you're doing the best you can. Well, I always thank them, and they always rarely thank me. Oh, that sounded crotchety. That's okay. Get it all out, Andy. It's a good release. You know what? I can't say I blame some of the employees, especially the older ones. We're looking as crotchety as I feel. They have to listen to that drugstore or supermarket music all day long. The same simplistic lyrics, same interchangeably generic, auto-tuned, forgettable flop. You don't own the store, Andy. Their store, their music. What happened to the customer is always right? At least they're getting paid to listen. They couldn't pay me to listen to that stuff. Meanwhile, I gotta pay them. You have other options. Like what? Wearing noise-canceling headphones? What about listening to your kind of music over earbuds (laughs) as you shop? This time you're wrong, AI Dr. K. How'd he slip back in? And join all the other earpod people cut off from their surroundings? Forget it. Why are you focusing on the music instead of whatever else is around you? People, the colors of the store, items you're going to purchase, your hope for the future. Uh, Okay, here's one. People who keep using the same musical licks get sued for copyright infringement. How's that for a future hope? Dr. K, the minute I walk in to these places, I feel depressed or or disenfranchised. I mean, they sell stuff to all ages in the store, don't they? Yes. Well, why don't we all get a vote on the music they play? I don't think it's a democratic institution, Andy. Maybe stores are thinking, here's the music that'll make the ones with the most money, boomers, miserable. 
When they're miserable, they buy lots of stuff to feel better before the music drives them out of there, leaving behind younger, more attractive demos enjoying the music and buying stuff, which attracts other younger demos to join them enjoy the music and buy stuff. Damn it. There's that get-off-my-lawn guy again. I like how you refer to him kind of as a separate entity, which may, Andy, speak to the fact you're really not that guy. Actually, I'm not. It's not even my lawn. <laughs> I'm more like the get-off-my-landlord's-lawn guy. Well, if you're outside of your apartment, whether it's on your lawn or your landlord's lawn, at least that's a step in the right direction. You're always encouraging me to go out. But I can play jazz or Gershwin or Ella or Sinatra as I order on Amazon. I can find where everything is on Amazon. In a Walgreens or Rite Aid, I gotta go on a hunting expedition to stumble upon where stuff is. There's no rhyme or rhythm. Nobody's on the floor. I wind up asking a cashier. Her phone rings. Uh, excuse me while I talk to the customer who stayed home and pushed seven digits to reach me. <laughs> Why am I the person who bothered to show up in second position? Okay, Andy, if you'd like to be less crotchety, I am encouraging you to go out more. Out of your own head. Those little internal voices that question the world around you, sometimes they can be helpful, but other times they could be holding you back from accepting what is in a way that'll leave you feeling more at peace, less frustrated by the things you can't change. Where are those noise-canceling headphones when I need them? <laughs> well, I won't thank you for that therapy session, but the hanger I got from my cleaners says thank you. <laughs> Well, you won't thank me, and you're not going to blast me either, so I'll take that as a win. <laughs> you know, there is a, a hidden benefit from uh, entering the uh, crotchety stage of life. What's that, Andy? It's the giving up phase of life. Mm. The letting go of endless chases for the brass ring. Which, which would have been better, uh, brass or gold? I think brass is the traditional. How many times have we heard people at award shows or judges on reality shows, follow your dreams? Keep dreaming. Yeah, keep dreaming. I think it is important to follow your dreams, regardless of your life situation. Doesn't mean you're going to actualize them, but there's something about the process that makes it meaningful. Well, even if you're in the huge minority and actually realize a dream you're chasing, doesn't the buzz wear off? You need to chase a new dream. A dog chasing a car doesn't hop in the car if it stops. It chases a new car. Well, I think you're talking about the importance of effort in addition to inspiration. Everything I know about success and ideas, inspiration is important, but perspiration is what really makes it happen. Oh, said you and Thomas Edison. Are you saying that uh, another Dr. K unoriginal thought ripping off other people from history? Uh, yeah, but at least he came up with a light bulb. <laughs> My head never came up with a light bulb in the way of a, a new idea as a result of your therapy, but <laughs> nor have you come up with anything to do with electricity. So. Uh, I think Edison was uh, probably a poor uh, analogy to use. Well, this therapy that we've had in our uh, multiple sessions, there's been an electricity to it at times. Yeah, you're right. There, there has been electricity because uh, I've been shocked when you've actually come up with good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You remember that song, Dream, 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 Dream? Yeah, yeah by the Everly Brothers, Phil and Don. Yeah. Now mine is, give up, give up, give up. <laughs> 
you're in for a lot fewer disappointments. You know, giving up is a dream all of us can realize. I think you're introducing a not insignificant part to dreams, which you can't be captivated by them. You can't overplay them. There's got to be a reality component, too. It's balancing both sides. Well, we have a dream guest we'll be visiting with later, uh, who today of all days has his work cut out for him. More like a bad dream for him. Oh. He's, of all things, a motivational speaker and author of the new book, Gusto. Mario will be joining us. I am really looking forward to hearing from him. Yeah, if there's one thing society needs, it's another motivational speaker. Uh, you don't sound all that convinced, Andy. Woohoo! If there's one thing society <laughs> needs. I mean, what's he even doing here? Couldn't even motivate Ted to give him a TED Talk? He wants to spread the message and he likes our show. Uh, I welcome other approaches to allow any other possibilities to motivate you, Andy. Well, I I'm sorry I've sounded so grumpy today, Scott. I think we should revisit a segment we haven't done since the first episode of The Neurotic Vaccine to help make all of us, as you mentioned earlier, more at peace. I like that, Andy. It's time for... Whereby an already annoying phenomenon is temporarily made even more annoying, giving us a newfound appreciation for how well off we were to begin with. I like to think our therapy might have helped you toward that newfound appreciation. Well, if that brings you comfort, it was more like your therapy session. <laughs> uh, I mentioned how annoying the unwanted soundtrack to my life has become in stores where I have no say. Yeah. Well, what if the generic, forgettable fluff they foist upon us wasn't forgettable enough? What if it was an earworm you desperately wanted to get out of your head but couldn't? Uh, oh, no, no. Oh, this is like the Jaws thing. Boom, boom, boom. It couldn't be. Oh, no! Aren't you shoppers as bothered by this as I am? What is with you zombies? you don't want to unfairly label a group of people you don't even know. Could somebody tell me where the earplugs are? I can't figure out where anything is around here. Excuse me, do you carry earplugs? Oh, she's on the phone. Caller pushes seven digits. I drive seven miles to get here. Oh, thank God it stopped. Oh, no. What about noise-canceling headphones? Does the store carry noise-canceling headphones? Uh, before we move on from annoying music, here's something that dawned on me that really made me crotchety. That's Sinatra Anthem, A Very Good Year. Written by Irvin Drake, 1961. Love that song. Do you remember how the final stanza begins? After when I was 35? Uh, something like, and now the days grow short? Yeah. I'm in the autumn of the year? After 35? <laughs> that makes me old enough to sing the age stanzas twice. When I was 17 years older than 35, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for mercenary girls who'd only look at me if I had money. They didn't care if I was funny. It made me feel blue when I was 52.
When I was 21 Years older than 35 It was a very good year It was a very good year For imaginary girls Who'd want something to do with me Versus real ones who were through with me My love life was in a fix when I was 56. When I was 35 years older than 35, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for being ghosted by women on a dating site page. Even after I shaved six years off my age <laughs> to simulate greater longevity when I was 70. And now the days grow short. There's an understatement. I'm in the autumn of the years. More like winter solstice. And now I think of my life as real cheap wine in a brown paper bag. The kind that makes you gag and chase it with a beer. It was a very good year. Well, before we visit with motivational speaker Mario, uh, as I'd mentioned in therapy, since my bucket list largely consists of trying not to kick it, what better way to help us all re-examine and bring new meaning to that pressing issue of life than through the artistry of theater? Notice I didn't include the artistry of your therapy. That's okay, Andy. It's time once again for... Neurotica Theater. Ready to add a leading role to your acting reel, Scott? I'm ready, Andy. Scott, an acting reel in the same sentence. There's a first. <laughs> I'll be playing the patient, Harold Raymond, and playing the part of Dr. Gephardt is Scott Kapoor. The patient nervously anticipates bad news as a grim Dr. Gephardt enters. Hello, Mr. Raymond. Hello. We examine your ultrasound, blood tests, CT scan. Oh, God, oh, God. MRI scan. I'm afraid I have bad news. Oh, God. Your internal organs and genetic code have generated an extremely rare condition. <laughs> it's rarer than extremely rare. It's never been documented before. You're going to live forever. Huh? I'm sorry, Mr. Raymond. Sorry? Sorry? I can't believe it. I'm on cloud nine, ten, twelve. You're probably in shock. Is there anyone in your family who could drive you home? Are you kidding? I could fly home without a plane. Life is precious, Mr. Raymond. But not as precious as you, doctor, or the mother who gave birth to you. When time is short. But in your case... Unless, of course, you get hit by a bus, you'll have hundreds and hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands and numbers of years far too big to even comprehend. Uh-huh. Meals you have to cook, 
tax returns you'll have to complete, jobs you'll need in order to maintain a limitless lifespan with ever-spiraling inflation, relationships that come and go, and come and go, and come and go. And come and go, go yeah, and yeah, I get it. Funerals for your friends and relatives and great, great, great to the thousandth power descendants. Disenfranchisement from centuries of popular culture that no longer speaks to you. Uh, you think there'll still be buses? In the distant future, they could be technically advanced enough to not permeate skin. I'd like a second opinion. I made it a point to receive corroboration from the most respected geneticist in the world. I'd like a third opinion. Your condition is so unusual. I ran it by every geneticist in the world. So no opinions left? No opinions left. I got a bus to catch. <laughs> Joining us now is a self-described entrepreneur, teacher, coach, motivational speaker, and author of the new book, Gusto, How to Dream It, Think It, and Hopefully Attain It. And his name is Mario. That's Mario. I'm sorry, Mario. First of all, I am so excited about being here. I mean, when you folks gave me the opportunity to be at this show, I got to tell you, I dreamt at one time in my life that I was going to be on a computer internet radio show. I didn't sleep all night. I mean, I can't wow. believe I'm here. Wow. No, I, I really, I, I can't believe I'm here. Oh, this room's, this and, is a lot of enthusiasm no, in this no, room. And, and you know what? I'm, I'm here. You dream big. Well, I certainly do. You actually dreamt of this. I did. Usually well, dreams are on a higher scale, Mario. Any dream. Is it Mario or Mario? Mario. 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 Well, you have your out in your title, Gusto, How to Hopefully Attain It. What is that, your little uh, well, clause in case people find out you can't attain Andy, it? And let, they want to sue you? Let, let me start with this. Yeah. Okay. Everything starts with an idea. You have an idea, a dream, a visualization, and then you have to have a prescribed oh. plan, a goal. Now, to reach this so you're not going aimlessly, you have to have good work habits. You have to have perseverance, tenacity, supreme optimism. Every neuron, every fiber, every capillary has to be joined, has to be congruent in your mind and your body and your will. You have to be connected and you have to have an indomitable Have you filled out spirit. your will yet? <laughs> uh, so I think your blood pressure is wow. uh, not yet. implying not your yet. lifespan now, is not going to be that long. Now, let me answer your question, Andy. Forgot my question. <laughs> it's been so long ago since I've been talking here, huh? There are no guarantees, but... Oh, there you go. That, Already. Andy. He's are, backing off from you, his promise. no. no. There are no guarantees in life. You can't fortune tell, but this is what I say. You owe it to yourself to try. And during that journey... No, 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 no. We owe it to your publishers, 1995, to try. Gusto, how to hopefully attain it, unless you can't. Andy, now, that's a good price, too. Now, it is. Now, with the information you get in those 10 chapters, that's a good price. Now, Andy, I'd like to comment that he's not only enthusiastic, he's ethical. He's not promising He's promising things. a vision. If you don't have a seeing eye dog, you have a vision. What's the big deal? If you follow the steps, you will succeed. Why? You've read the book? Point. Of course I've read the book. Well, I don't see you succeeding. Oh, come on now. Andy, the book is a syllabus. I'm just a voice in the wind. I'm just a, a, a cloud of air. People need encouragement. You are full of hot air. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, people need encouragement. Andy, who encourages you besides Dr. K here? Have you had encouragement in your life? And would you be better off if you had encouragement? 
Well, if somebody had encouraged me not to show up tonight, I would have been better off. <laughs> Andy, in the book. Cheer down, Mario. 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 In the book, my goal was to give people pragmatic information, having good work habits, being aware, being alive, being connected, keeping your own counsel. You know, Andy. Well, what the hell does that mean, keeping your own counsel? In life, oftentimes, all of us are taken away from our focus by listening to other people, by listening to family members, by listening to friends, and invariably... What by listening happens, to therapists. They could. A good therapist, I, I imagine... Or, would, well, never mind. ...would hmm. help you, would be... That would assume he listens to me. Anyway, these ideas are, are, are paramount for a person's growth and finding their vision and trying to find happiness and destiny. And you know what? It's not three strikes in your route. Andy, you know what? You can keep swinging. And the only person counting well, is you. Well, you have three strikes. And you have a lot of balls, too, by the way. <laughs> oh, boy. I kind of feel like in seventh grade when Carol Pencava broke up with me. Whew. What, is this turning into his therapy session? <laughs> Andy, what do you think of what Mario's been uh, saying so far? Is it Mario or Mario? Mario. 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 Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, who are you? Uh-oh. Don't get upset. I'm just wondering. Okay. Who are you? Or anybody like you? in all sincerity, with all due respect, mm -hmm. to tell me how to live my life. I mean, in a way, aren't you the personification of those who can't do, teach? Because if you would have followed this advice, and it was advice that worked, uh, wouldn't you have been further along than coming on our nickel and dime show? Hmm. I mean, the funny thing is, you can't even teach, because I haven't learned a thing tonight. Hmm. Oh, boy. You mean, Andy... I haven't motivated you at all? Oh, you've motivated me to swear off reading. <laughs> Andy, does that mean you, you, you don't want a signed copy of the book? Well, maybe I can sell it on eBay. <laughs> Andy, I'm an average guy. I'm an average guy with a big dream. And I believe you got to have a lot of passion. And I believe fervently in that passion. And, you know, the great Winston Churchill said, never, never, never give up. Yeah, he was talking about the fight against fanatics. So I'll keep that in mind right now. It applies to a lot of different areas, Andy. I can tell from my own practice with my patients, they come in, they, they're miserable, their lives are shredded, sometimes they're unemployed, they need to have a vision, I teach them skills to get a job, they get a job, they're really happy, totally verifying the accuracy of what Mario is saying. We need to have a dream and we need to do practical things to make that dream happen. And also, we're not a five and dime show here. A lot of famous people have been on this show. Yeah, but we don't need somebody like Mario. Mario? Uh, do you like Mario better, Andy? He doesn't even know what his name is. Uh, do, 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 you, do you like, does that sound better, Mario? Mario is fine. We love that name. I mean, I, I've had Mario for 47 years. I, do, do you like Mario better? Or? All right, Mario. Oh, well, that's good. I, I'm starting to... Let us have our visions. Let us do our thing. Let us have our dreams. But why do we have to pay 19.95 to have you tell us to have those visions? I think it's a bit of a sham. And uh, you're kind of taking advantage. You seem like a nice guy, but... We, uh, we don't need another motivational speaker who, uh, as I heard you say before, couldn't even motivate himself to believe he's here. Whoa. Everything okay, Mario? I don't know what to say. I, I just, I feel like a cloud just came over me. I, a dark cloud. Uh, oh, good. Uh, Mario, don't let him get to I, you. I, I do, uh, I Everything you said was right. 
You made a lot of sense tonight. I don't think he likes me. He's just in his crotchety mode. He this was not in the sense. drain, let me don't tell you. Don't let this guy get to you. Everything you said was right, accurate. It was pointed. It was inspirational. Mario. Mario. I think it's Mario. If you enjoyed this episode, it's free to subscribe and give us a follow on X at NDG Callen. Well, we want to thank Mario, Mario, our show's original supporters, Benstown McVeigh Media Podcast Networks, Mike McVeigh, Chachi, Suzanne Aksu, Robbie Gessel, and most importantly, our listeners, without whom I'd be gusto-free. Another plug for Mario's book. Gusto-free ain't even worth it. <laughs> Come visit andycowan.cowan.net for a way to reach out and get my big book, Banging My Head Against the Wall, A Comedy Writer's Guide to Seeing Stars, forward by Jay Leno, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Black Rose Writing, and at the National Comedy Center in Lucille Ball's hometown, Jamestown, New York. Itching on the Highway of Life, opening theme by yours truly, instrumental performance by Marty Ripkin, the full tune also available on Amazon, musical stingers by Steve Crum, Lazy Day closing theme by the Bob Mincer Big Band. For your mental wellness, you can reach me at drscottk at at PSYSolutions.net. Until next session, I'm Andy Cowan. And I'm Dr. Scott Kapoyan. For now, I see our time is up. <laughs>